Well, good morning, Influence Church. Good to see each one of you. We welcome you, if you're watching online, to Influence Church in Anaheim Hills. I'm Phil Hudson-Peller, and I'm the senior pastor here. And we are excited to be together, uh, not just in this room, but around the world, and to know that we're touching lives, changing lives, and the message of God is going forth from this house, from you, in Jesus' name, amen? I wanna ask you a question this morning. Are you too focused on the hell going on around you to miss heaven's solution that is in front of you? You see, sometimes we bow down to bad news and forget that our God is God. And honestly, if we fail as a nation, we fail because we, the people of God have not done what God has called us to do. This is our responsibility. This is our mandate given by heaven itself. I want to read to you an excerpt from 1984. George Orwell was written in 1946 where he looked into the future and he wondered what it might be in 1984. It seems that he was off a few years, but he was right on, on target. He writes, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed, every date has been altered, and the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute, history has stopped. We're living in an unprecedented day of not solving racial problems, but the removal of culture and the changing from a democratic to a socialist mindset in America. They just recently did a survey of some 20-year-olds and asked them what socialism was. Only 2% got it right. The rest said it was going on social media or hanging out with your friends. This is evidence that we have failed as a nation with education to not even know what are the impending dangers that exist in our nation today is the reversal of what made America great, its ideology and its creed. And it's time that we understand and we go back to the roots that made this nation great, that makes we as a people great. I wanna read another excerpt to you. By 10 p.m., not one of those statues was left standing. People had crushed them all. In a powerful expression of the revolutionaries' hatred, the urge to destroy history did not end. Lack of support for preserving certain monuments and historic sites may be associated with a desire to discourage the intent to remember through preservation. That was written about the Islamic Revolution when the Ayatollah came to power and overthrew and sought to destroy Persian culture. In the movie Schindler's List, the Nazi officer Goth explains that 600 years ago, Jews came to Krakow with nothing but managed to prosper in all areas, business, science, education, the arts. For six centuries, there has been a Jewish Krakow, Goth says. By this evening, those six centuries are a rumor. They never happened. Today is history. The great danger is when we forget our past. We don't have to excuse our past, but hopefully as human beings we've grown and we've evolved in the way that we treat people and love people and care for one another. 
But when we see recklessness in our nation that we see today, we wonder where does it end? What is the outcome of the current process that we see in place? What I see is a total lack of leadership on the part of those who we've elected to be leaders. Guess who elected them? You did. I did. That is, if you voted. If you didn't vote, you need to reconsider what it means to be an American because it's a, it's a primary privilege that we've been given. And guess what? There's also something called an email and a phone call. Start blowing up the phone. Not literally. Got to be careful today. Start inundating them, that's a better word, with messages and requests and what you want to see done by those elective officials. They understand that one phone call represents 75 people. It's a block of voters. When you make a call, it's not one, it's 75 in their mind. So you have to exercise those kind of things. Let me give you this truth. Truth is truth, regardless what people say. See, we've come to believe this line that truth is relative. That means what's true for you may not be true for you, may not be true for you, may not be true for you. Truth is not relative. Truth is truth, and absolute truth comes from God. When we begin to look into this, let me give you the definition of truth by Dr. Alfred Jepson. Truth is that which is constant and unchangeable. Constant and unchangeable. That means your experience does not change truth. That means others' opinion does not change truth. That means time does not change truth. It remains constant. Something on which someone can rely. What if there's nothing we can rely on as a people? What if there's nothing that's stable in your life? Not one thing. What if you live in a world where you say there is no God, do you see how unstable you become as an individual or society becomes as a people? Because there's nothing to bank it on. There's nothing to, to look to tomorrow. We rely on a certain order that's in our universe, and we assume that that's going to keep going. God says that will keep going as long as I want it to keep going, and when I'm ready for it to stop, it will stop. The sun, the moon, and the stars are given there for times and seasons and for signs. And God says, when I get ready to roll up heaven's scroll and return to planet Earth, everything is going to change. Let me give an example from history. This uh, first uh, is from the Telegraph, and the second is also from the Telegraph, but notice the date will be different. Here it is, Dunkirk, which was the battle that was... Uh, where we rescued about 300,000 soldiers who had to retreat under the Nazi uh, pressure. And uh, it was a miracle because every little boat that came from France and, and, and Great Britain, they came to rescue these soldiers. Had those 300,000 died, the, the whole war would have changed its whole course. So here's what the Telegraph wrote in May 26, 1940. Dunkirk, the miracle of deliverance. And everyone who saw what happened there would say it was a miracle. There were small boats that were taking as few as two and three soldiers, but hundreds and thousands of them showed up because they knew what was at stake. They knew how dangerous the enemy was that was coming against Great Britain and the, and the Allies. But notice this, the Telegraph, same newspaper, and notice it's just 60 years later, 
or actually 80 years later, look what it says. The Dunkirk evacuation was no miracle. Now what changed? What changed was the media, not the event. You see, when history changes, it changes because someone doesn't like what history wrote. So what you do is you erase history or you change history and you begin to realize nobody's gonna go back and look what was written in 1940. They're gonna say, oh, it wasn't a miracle at all. How many things have changed in our world where you think you know what happened, but until you go back and research it, you find out what really happened? You have to be that kind of person. You can't just read and believe everything you see in the media and the world. I have people tell me all my life, you know, as a believer, they say, well, you know, the Bible's full of errors. And I say, well, show me one. I've never had one person show me one. Every one of them have the same line. You know what it is? Well, I'm not sure where it is, but someone showed it to me one time. That gives me a pain I can't locate. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. John chapter 14 and verse six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You wanna know what truth is? Truth is God, God's word revealed. He said, I am the way. In other words, I'm the only way to the Father. I am the truth. If you wanna know truth, you have to come to me. And if you want life, you have to come to me. Because no one comes to the Father except by me. Do you see what Jesus did? He claimed exclusivity. He said, there is no way to be right with God except through Jesus Christ. You say, well, that sounds a bit narrow-minded. Jesus was very narrow-minded because he had the truth. You see, people without the truth say truth is relative. All truths are okay if you believe in relativity. But you see, they're not. When you begin to understand that only God is the revelation of truth to mankind, you understand there is salvation given among no other name except the name of Jesus, whereby we must be saved. Amen? John 17, verse 15 through 17, he said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. In other words, Jesus was addressing the pressure that was going on in society in his day and the persecution that was there at that day and would rise to an even greater degree. And here's how he prays in this prayer. He says, Father, I'm not praying that you give them a break. I'm not praying that you take them out of the battle. I'm not praying that you make it easy on them. What I am praying is that you should keep them from the evil one. Now that word keep is a word that means to protect and notice it has the definite article there before evil one. It's the evil one. It's not an evil person. Sure, we need protection from that. But he's talking about the big picture here. You need to be kept from the evil one who wants to destroy you, who wants to take your life and the life of your children and, and, and your generations to come and strip from you a great heritage that God wants to infuse in you throughout your lifetime. You see, you have, you have amazing things coming in the future. Satan doesn't care about your past. He can't do anything about that. 
So what he can do is attack you in the present and in the future and take away your destiny and your heritage as a people of God and all the lives that are gonna come out of you and of your children's children to bring forth the power of Almighty God in our world and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And he's threatened by that. He is threatened by your future. So how does he threaten your future? With fear. The epidemic in our world, the pandemic in our world, the one that's greater than COVID is fear. Mankind is living in such fear that they can't see reality. Do we need to be cautious? Of course. Do we need to be smart? Of course. But when fear dominates your life, the Bible says it's not an emotion, it's a spirit. You see, it, it talks about the spirit of fear that robs you from life. God has not given us that spirit of fear, not an emotion, a spirit. When you're fearful, it is demonic forces come against you, confusing your mind, your heart, and your soul, and keeping you from believing in the true God and what God has to offer you. Instead of that spirit of fear, the Bible said he's given us a, a power of love, control, and a sound mind. That there's something that happens when your mind is sound and your faith is true, there's no fear in your life. It's a test. Whenever you see fear come in, ask yourself, is my faith in God strong and is my mind sound in this moment? Or am I letting something pull me over here, something pull me over here and frighten me? It's amazing when you start reading statistics and you start going deeper and deeper into them, you go, well, wait a minute. That's not what I heard on media. I was surprised that LA actually announced that 94% of all the COVID deaths in LA all had secondary causes. They had a secondary issue. They were fighting cancer, asthma. They were fighting heart conditions, 94%. That means only 6% without a secondary condition died of it. Now, I don't care how people die, it's tragic. But I think a good revelation of, of facts is important for us to make good decisions. Don't you agree? Look what it says here. They are not of this world. Do you know you're not of this world? Why do you hold on to it so hard? Why do you think it's supposed to be kind to you? You are an alien. Some of you more than others. Amen? You're an alien. Your citizenship is in heaven. Your mandate is from heaven. Your king is in heaven. While on earth, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You're supposed to bring forth the power and the revelation of God wherever you go, not cower down like the world does in fear. Not make excuses for what's happening in our world. We're supposed to be different. He says, you're not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. In other words, he says, you see what I'm like? You're like that. You're like me. You're a follower of me. The Spirit of God lives in you. You, you bring forth the presence of God as you live out your life. And then notice what he says, sanctify them by your truth. Now, sanctify means to set apart to be holy. In other words, how am I gonna do that? God says, I'm gonna do that by truth. Truth will sanctify you, and then what it says, your word is truth. What's true? The word of God. Have you ever noticed when you don't read the word of God, you feel a little bit fearful? 
You go read the word of God and then you can't get enough of it and God begins to speak because it's a living, active, breathing document. It is the mouth of God rev revealed to you. So you start to read it. You know, sometimes I'll just start reading and I think I gotta read this verse because it's really cool and I'll start reading it and they say, no, I've got a chapter knocked off, a couple of chapters knocked off because God's ministering to me. If you're not regularly, daily in the word of God, you're gonna dry up. I don't care how much you've memorized. You're gonna dry up. You have to have fresh manna every day coming into your life, coming into your soul, feeding you every single day and just let the word of God bathe you and enrich you in what you do. And guess what? You'll have courage. You'll be courageous. The other thing we understand is rebellion is more than bad behavior. We think about rebellion and we're seeing rebellion in our world today in the midst of, of what could be a good message to say, let's get everything right. Say, so, well, there's bad people over here and there's bad, there's bad people everywhere. It's just, we're humans, amen? You know, anybody, you know any, where there was any country where there's not bad people? I, I don't know of one. But rebellion is something that goes deeper. King Saul when he failed to do what God told him to do. And the prophet came to him, and he asked him this question, have you done all that the Lord has commanded? And he said, yes, I have done all the Lord has commanded. And the prophet said, why do I hear sheep over here? Weren't you told to get rid of all those sheep of the enemy? What is that I hear? And he said, oh, those, oh, those, yeah, those are, um, I'm gonna sacrifice those to the Lord. And he said, does the Lord require sacrifice or obedience? It's obedience. The opposite of obedience is rebellion. It was that day that Saul lost his kingdom. It was that day that an evil spirit came upon Saul, and it's that day that these words were spoken, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as the inequity and of idolatry. Rebellion is not bad behavior. Rebellion is adopting a spirit of witchcraft. It is being led by an evil spirit. That's what rebellion is. So what happens is God strips the kingdom from Saul. He's gonna give it to King David, and in the process, in that whole process, Saul is tormented by the evil spirit, guess what, that was sent by God to torment him. You see, when you pull away from God and you go rebellion, uh, go against God in rebellious acts and mindsets, you open the doorway for the evil to come upon you. And the only way that Saul was ever calm in his entire life until the last day of his life was when David showed up and he played worship music because it was the worship music that drove the demonic forces away, because God inhabits the praises of his people. That's why when you are not in the presence of praise, you are at danger, you're at danger against evil spirits. That's why whenever you're feeling down, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling fearful, and it's not hard to do in this environment, put on some praise music and begin to give God the glory 
Dry, clean up the atmosphere. Drive out the forces of evil in your world. Give God the glory and just acknowledge, God, I'm fearful right now, but I cast that away. In the name of Jesus, I claim the power of God and I walk in the presence of God. God be glory, Jesus be glory. And you'd be surprised how quickly your attitude changes. Amen? Rebellion relies on control, domination, manipulation, and intimidation. Does that sound like what's happening in our world? Let's go through those again. Control. If you don't post what I tell you to post, then you're against me. No, I'm not. I may not be for you or against you. What I post is my business. Right? How about domination? I'm not gonna let you speak. I'm gonna speak louder than you so that you can't speak. We have something called First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, keep going all the way down, but we've got one that addresses free speech. That is being dissolved. It is a, being eliminated. Our Constitution is literally disappearing before our very eyes in practice. Though the document's still there, you can still, it's still secure, you know, in Smithsonian, but it's disappearing, it's disappearing ink. Because we say, yeah, but that was, re that was for that time. Is it truth or not truth? Was that true, what it wrote? You say, but it wasn't always practice. Hey, guess what? Truth is still truth whether you're practicing truth. All men are created equal, true? All men are created equal, what? True. Did all men in that era that wrote that Constitution and lived in it, did they all act that way? No, it was still true. You see, the truth is truth in your life, whether you're acting it out or not, because it's unchangeable. How about manipulation? How about intimidation? Now, think those words, control, domination, manipulation, intimidation. Here's a great idea. Let's just disband all the police forces across the United States. What rocket science came up with that idea? Right? What genius came up with that idea? I don't know about you, but I, I just saw the people that were, were leading the ban on police. They've hired private security at government expense because they're afraid. I don't understand. When you don't understand what's going on, when it doesn't make sense, then you know there's something going on from the enemy. It's all you know. It's all you gotta know. You know that principle? See, there's some principles in the Word of God. If things don't make sense, and, it, and it's going down a wrong path, then you know the enemy is up to something in there. You see, what is rebellion? It is willfully choosing to be led by another spirit. That's what rebellion is. It's willfully choosing to be led by another spirit. It's refusing to acknowledge God's authority. That's rebellion. Rebellion is a pathway to the demonic. It is a pathway to the demonic. All you have to do is study the word of God and you know this is true. It is so clear. But I've got good news for you. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Amen? We were laying in bed last night, 4 a.m., and the smoke alarm went off. You know, I didn't know I could move that fast. I didn't know any human could move that fast. And uh, so I thought, well, the worst case scenario, it's a fire. 
Best case scenario, it's a nine volt battery. You ever realize how our whole life is built around a nine volt battery? So I'm down, I'm inspecting, I'm, you know, I'm looking for smoke, there's nothing. But you know, smoke alarms aren't normal. Anybody agree with this? If one's bad, why do they all have to go off? Well, it's for say, I don't wanna be that safe, I wanna sleep. So now I'm trying to figure this thing out. So I take it off, I take the, I, I literally unplug it from the ceiling, I take the battery out, I look at it, I go online, it's four o'clock. How do I keep this thing from chirping? Well, I really didn't accomplish what I needed because there were no nine volt batteries in our house. I had triple A's, double A's, C's, D's. I had everything, no nine volt batteries. We're gonna buy nine volt batteries today. But you know what, it hit me? I was unprepared for a minor crisis. I lacked knowledge and I lacked power. I didn't have the nine volt battery to plug in. I didn't have the knowledge to know how to get the chirping to stop. I wonder, are you unprepared for the crisis that's coming? You need power and you need knowledge. You need the Spirit of God and the Word of God. Amen? Isaiah says in chapter 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Get up. It says, shine. That is, reflect God's glory. You know, we're like the moon. We don't have any light of our own. We're reflected on the sun. The sun reflects on the moon. It gets it light. Shine. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. God never denies that. And deep darkness the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. When darkness comes, God, you knew it was coming, but would you just shine brighter in me and through me? Amen? I wrote this in my book, Lawlessness is when those who are responsible leave. They leave their position of conviction. They leave their position of authority. They fail to do what is good in order to self-protect. So self-protection, in essence, is an act of lawlessness. If that's not convicting, I don't know what is. We just leave. We just self-protect. We just give up. It's like being on a lake with a hole in the bottom of the boat, and you try to deny it, and you sink, and then you're mad because you sunk. Russell Amos Kirk wrote this, politicians are actors performing a, performing a script that is written by the audience. Have you, have you watched politicians lately? When there's a reaction, what do they do? They, they, just, they just do something, go, well, let's do something. Let's change the name of something. I, I got an idea, let's not have names anymore. Let's, everything gets a number. No, there's probably some numbers that aren't gonna work either. And so what's happening is the audience controls the stage and Christians are nowhere to be found. I think it's time. I think it's time, Influence Church. I think it's time, citizens of America. It's time to live in the power of God. Not in religion, in the power of God. 
it's time to advance the kingdom of God. It's time to realize that we are here as warriors. We are the church militant. We one day will be the church triumphant, but right now we're the church militant. We are in the fiercest battle. The battle we are in makes Dunkirk look like child's play because surrounding everything we're doing, there are demonic forces that are trying to take your soul from you, that are trying to take from you your very destiny. It's time for us to be wise as a serpent, but be innocent as a dove. We need some people thinking craftily, but innocent and pure in their motive. It's time to change the course of culture. Let's change it back. When Billy Graham was in England in London, the big crusade in the 50s, they were so upset with him, the reporters, they came to him, they said, Mr. Graham, you have set this nation back 50 years. And Billy Graham said, then I failed. I aimed to set it back 2,000 years. It's time to pray. It's time to rejoice. It's time to give God the glory. It's time for you to be who you are, made in the image of God, a man, a woman of God, who is empowered by the Spirit of God, led by the Word of God, standing with courage in the midst of a storm, and just say, no. We're not going down that road again. We're gonna be true to who we are. You know, the greatest thing that happens is when you punch a bully in the nose, they quit. I love the story of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, supposedly the highest per capita of retired uh, police officers in America of any city. Apparently Antifa showed up. When they saw the rifles on the roof of the town by the volunteers, they left. Interesting. Hey, you know what? The longer we go through this, the stronger we have to be. You cannot let your guard down in times of challenge and difficulty. You have to be men and women of courage, amen? I'm gonna ask you to pray with me as we uh, just give God the glory. And I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer. If you've never prayed this prayer, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and save me. I ask you, Lord, to give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. I ask you, dear God, to write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I ask you, God, to make me a courageous and powerful follower of Jesus Christ. I ask you, God, now to save my soul. Amen. And if you're a Christian, you need to pray a prayer like this one. Dear God, make me a courageous man and woman of God. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Cover me with the armor of God that I might do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Is that your prayer? Then just give him the glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs>